All right, everybody, turkey season is right around the corner. This is our last week, I guess, in the off-season time frame. We're starting up down in Mississippi. I think we're heading there, probably starting the end of this weekend, work our way down there, and then be down there for the opener, and then just working our way north, turkey tour in the country. So I wanted to call everybody from the group and just talk for 15 minutes or so about what everybody's excited about as far as where we're going, any new gear that may be used or new strategies that we may be putting into place this season. As always too, we kind of go off on some side tangents and talk a little bit about calling strategy, the difference between not using decoys and using decoys, and some of the unique challenges that we face when we hit different parts of the country. So if you're getting fired up for turkey season like we are, I think you're going to enjoy this one. So at THP, we use Vortex Optics, and optics are becoming more and more popular on turkey guns. As far as scopes on turkey guns go, I think that a red dot is the best choice for a turkey gun. They're durable, they offer a good field of view, and at realistic turkey shooting distances, there generally isn't a need for magnification. They also can be pretty handy in awkward situations where you can't get your face down on the gun, maybe as well as you'd like, maybe the turkey comes in at a different angle, but the nice part about those red dots is you don't have to be as perfectly lined up as you would have to be with the bead. As long as that dot's on the turkey's head, you're probably going to knock them down. If you have any interest in putting a red dot on your shotgun this season, you can go over to eurooptic.com and use our code THP10 and save 10% on Vortex Optics. The reason that we choose Vortex Optics is they've got a great warranty. If anything happens to your optics, you can send it to them and they're going to do whatever it takes to fix it no matter what happened to that piece of gear. So we think that's pretty cool. Check the link in the description to learn more about Vortex Optics. So as you probably know, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. And that's why we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild is a free social media community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. If you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So visit downloadgowild.com to get started. All right, first off, we're going to get Jake on the line and talk Turkey Tour 2022. Okay, so first question, what are you looking forward to the most this season? Turkey season. Oh, boy. I don't know. I think right as of right now, like short-term, first thing that comes to mind is just getting in warmer weather. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, like, we go from Iowa or wherever we're at, it seems like we're all in way colder climates, then we're going to go into, like, I don't know, 60 degree weather at least. So that'll be pretty nice. Just basically goes from winter to spring and the snap of a finger. And then we get to kind of just ride that same temperature all the way north throughout the season, which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to warm too. It was here. It was warm here for like five days straight. It was like, honestly, like 70 degrees. And then uh -huh. yesterday it started snowing and then now it's cold and snowy again. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like spring for a couple of days there, and that kind of got me real excited. Did you hear any gobbles? 
No, but I, I bet they were. I wasn't out anywhere where I would have heard any, but I, I told Crystal that day. I was like, they probably gobbled this morning, honestly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So is there any new strategy that you're wanting to put into place this year? That can be anything turkey hunted, hunting related. Um, I wouldn't say anything new necessarily, just probably more of the the team team hunting strategy with a drop back collar is something we seem to be doing more and more of, which is I mean it's it's more fun to hunt in a big group. It always kinda has been, you know, the mm-hmm. more people you got in your group it's the more exciting it is when somebody finally does have, have success it seems like regardless of who, who pulls the trigger like it, it's almost more fun to be the guy that drops back and calls really yeah i agree i think that's something in general that i'm excited about is just all right hunt. so I'm, I'm driving down the road right now and there's probably 30 turkeys <laughs> out chasing each other around all the all the toms are running around in a circle and then the hens are just feeding but the we're set, setting the pecking order out there in the snow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, season will be open there in mid-April, right? Youth. Yeah, it opens pretty early. Yeah, it's the same out here in Colorado. It's pretty early here, so mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity to hunt turkey in the snow, which I'm not fond of. That's why we'll be down south. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, touching on your strategy thing, I'm excited about that in general. Like watching a lot of these hunts from like Kentucky, Ohio, and then out west, um, where we're hunting in groups like that. It's just, it's so fun. It's so, it's so funny too when somebody gets one, like how you just build that excitement off of each other. And I, I agree. Like, yeah, it's fun to watch too. It's, I think it's more fun to watch because obviously it's fun to watch back the hunts that I'm editing right now, but even just going back and seeing you guys' hunts from like when it was you, Hayden, Keith and Ted and mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else is there war mm-hmm. but that, that was, that's just fun to watch when everybody's in the group too I think so I agree yeah is there any uh is there any new gear that you're excited about trying out <laughs> I just this year started thinking about it a little late I'm nothing I just I have to order a new turkey seat because I haven't it seems like I go through a new turkey seat every year on that vest and figure out a way to attach that and then I'm working on, like, you know how we mount the GoPro on the gun there? Just kind of, we all have a, or not all of us, but I haven't had a rig on my gun. Warp kind of has one that's jumbled together that needs to work on throughout the season. I'm working on something that hopefully is going to be a little more solid than that, where I can just take it on and off pretty easily, but it's always in the same place that I want it in. Because mm-hmm. I think that, that footage from right behind the, any sort of like cool angle for a second angle where it's looking more at what the actual person with the gun or the firearm is is doing is pretty sweet i think same with like your shoulder shoulder mount thing that you got on your vest Mm -hmm. yeah it's like i'll probably do some more stuff to my vest here too that once i look at it a little more i just kind of i grabbed it out the other day so i'm looking at it and i might do some different shoulder straps on it if i get time to yeah I think that point of view angle with the camera is pretty sweet. It just, it's something cool to like get a bigger picture on everything compared to mm-hmm. just that one. And then you always get, cause I think like the most interesting thing from the, the hunter's point of view or to, for me at least is like those subtle moves you always have to make as like a turkey's coming in and say, you know, you don't have to have your barrel exactly where he's going to pop over the ridge or something. I think that does a good job of capturing 
you know, when they go behind a tree or something, that's that's when you made your move or whatever, that swing at the very end that you have to make a lot of times. Mm-hmm. just helps out. I imagine it helps out other people and helps me out looking back at it just as far as the timing goes, mm-hmm. you know, where it went wrong. And also I was, I'm thinking I'm, I'm like about to go through this hunt Crystal had in Maine last year where she she uh, wounded that bird before she eventually got it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can go back and look through the footage frame by frame and see exactly where, like, she dropped the gun down just a fraction of an inch right as she pulled the trigger, and then we know that probably have to work on her just squeezing off, you know, instead of the slower, instead of dropping the barrel like yeah. that. So we know it's something we got to work on before season. So Yeah, it definitely helps with form. I noticed, actually, on the one that um, Ben shot out that he hit the log in kentucky um, yeah he did the same thing he drops the gun you can tell if you watch the footage real slow frame by frame mm-hmm. you can see the gun drop so i mean it's definitely something to be conscious of if you're out there this season just stay steady <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's not gonna, you're not gonna feel it especially if there's a, a turkey on the other end of the barrel so don't worry about it right so, I say that, and I'll, I'll, I'll miss a couple of this. Probably, <laughs> yeah, overconfidence. But uh, mm-hmm. what what state are you excited about most this season? Um, all of them. But I guess if I had to pick one, uh, if we end up going out to Utah, my buddy Nick, who's hunted with us on the channel before, he lives out there now. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun. It's always fun to hunt with him. I don't know. There's, it's not necessarily a state that I'm most excited about there's just a bunch of different people that we kind of only get to see during turkey season it seems like that i'm excited to just hunt with mm-hmm. a bunch of different people really yeah that's that's really been my whole uh mentality going into this season is just try to enjoy you know being with friends more than anything because that's like you said what ends up making it the most fun it's the most fun to watch it's the most fun to be around like that's what yeah it's cool about I mean, it going through this footage from last spring and I'm, like everything that i'm going through i'm just dying laughing because you know oh, yeah. my memory is so bad and i just i mean <laughs> you forget 90 percent of the things that happen yeah. i'm going through it for the first time again now i'm just laughing because i totally <laughs> forgot about a lot of the funny stuff that happened yeah it's pretty pretty great to be able to go back and watch game film huh uh-huh that's <laughs> <laughs> like really what it i feel like it comes down to for me at this point it's just watching and it's been great this year because we've been editing so much of it going into the turkey season it's like uh-huh. get to sharpen all those calling skills and not necessarily the the mechanics of calling as much as just reading that situation and being able to watch how many times he's got one and how you treat it and then how he reacts is is always yeah. pretty sweet i mean honestly it's a pretty huge advantage Maybe don't get to scout as much as you'd like, but you can watch game film, and that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit there on a computer, go crazy, listen to the turkeys gobble, calling at turkeys. But yeah, it has been fun. Cool. All right, man. Well, I'll let you get back to whatever you're doing. Have a good rest of your day. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll see. see you yeah. See you next week. All right. Bye. See. Ya. All right. Next up, we got Aaron on the line. Aaron, what are you looking forward to most this season? Uh... Dang, probably going out west. Um, but that's hard. That's hard to put like an exact answer on, as you know, because I just like hunting them just about anywhere we go. Mm-hmm. But I really like I really like May and hunting Miriam's because at that point we are slowing down a little bit, 
so like we're not doing as much editing work and it's it's kind of i would say may is kind of our dead time frame as far as thp goes Mm -hmm. so we all just kind of go turkey hunting and we just film turkey hunts (laughs) and like we don't really worry about anything else for like three weeks and it's last year was freaking awesome Mm -hmm. so that's probably one of my favorite things i'm looking forward to i mean i'm looking forward to a bunch of the other states too and going out i'm looking forward to going out east and hunting out there and obviously ready to get in the woods next week but probably out west yeah i don't really know other than just being excited to get started i think i'm always excited just to get started and you know we'll be playing some mf doom rolling down the road getting fired up kind of that's what gets me in the mood yeah (laughs) i just honestly i'm stoked about that i'm stoked to drive across the country to be honest it's gonna be fun yeah i just love it all yeah turkeys are awesome it's like it's so much more of a tour too than deer season always is that that aspect of it i like because with deer it's like you find yourself staying in different situations and turkey it's like doesn't take usually as long or you don't spend as much time in a place so just that constant travel is it's just more like elk hunting man it's Mm -hmm. just like more active and in tune with stuff like deer hunting is just a grind it's just like the war of attrition out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm pretty uh i'm pretty fired up about all of it what uh is there any new gear that you're looking forward to trying out this season i bought these these uh wiggies oh yeah yeah they fit in like this little pouch i don't remember if i was telling you about them or not yeah but they're just like i don't know they're like nylon or cordura or something they're tougher and you just put them on over your boots and they're they're essentially just pull on hip waders right yeah they're just pull on hip waders you just put them over your boots uh you know loop them through your belt or whatever walk across the stream and then roll them up and they fit in that little bag the bag is like i don't know how big it is you can fit a couple tennis balls in it yeah that's better that's better than when uh Keith Collin and I stripped down to our underwear a couple of years ago in Alabama to cross the creek. It's probably yeah. a much more efficient option. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to throwing those in the vest and having that, you know, because there's you run into water all the time with turkeys, obviously, mm-hmm. creek rivers and stuff. And if you had something that would, that you could go over your knees, then yeah. But we have always just got wet in the past, and maybe this will work to do that to make that better. Other than that. The only thing that I'm trying a little bit different is I got some new mouth calls that I'm running right now that are, I don't know, I, th- I like the the way they sound. It's, I've been running that same combo cut for several years, and I even ran that back in the competition days like 10, 15 years ago. But I'm starting to experiment with more like bat wing variations and stuff. And I used to run those in the, back in the day, but I'm starting to run more of them right now and just practicing. So. What what are the cuts that you're using right now, then? Uh, I'm still using a bunch of combos, which is basically just like a split V with a side of it ripped out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Similar it's, to like the Ninja Hammer? Yeah, it's the Ninja Hammer. Okay. Or the, I still have a bunch of those, the variations of those, and then I have a bunch of these bat wings. Um, 
which there's all kinds of different variations that Mike makes um, that I've been running, and they all sound good. One of them is like that that snake tongue that you like, mm-hmm. except that it's just a snake tongue, tongue down the center mm-hmm. with like a little bat wing, and, and then the left side and the right side of the top reader open. So it looks like a bat wing, except it's got that snake tongue along that side of it. And I've been liking I like those because I can use my air, you know, different sides of the call to make different, almost sound like different turkeys. Mm-hmm. So, been experience with that. Would you say like I feel like this time of the year is the time we get a bunch of call questions? Would you say that person that's new to mouth calling should just try a bunch of different cuts? Because that's what I always feel like is the main thing is just finding kind of what works for you, but curious what your opinion is. Yeah, you need to try. Uh, I would agree with that. Try a bunch of different cuts and uh, really try listening to like wild hens on YouTube. Just go and Google search like real hen turkey calling or anything like that. And just try to get the cadence and rhythm down. The biggest thing with like mouth calling in general is the, I guess, your air in the habits that you create. So if you, if, if you get a mouth call that doesn't fit you real well and you just have like one of them and you just practice on that and practice on it until you're making sounds out of it, you can kill turkeys probably with that and learn how to yelp with it. But in the meantime, you also might be creating bad habits with your air, you know, your lips, your jaw movement, all of that. It might be, the wrong habits to, you know, become better at calling. Like that was the biggest thing when I started competition calling and trying to sound more realistic was I had to overcome five, six years of bad habits basically when I was wasting air. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's like experiment with the call, but also experiment like your air Mm -hmm. experiment with which side of the call you call out of and Hey, quarter. Sorry, you got dogs barking. Experiment with which side of the call that you call out of. You know, experiment with your tongue pressure on the reeds because that'll change the sound of the call. And like your jaw, sometimes I'll call with the air out of my diaphragm and leave my jaw completely open like where my lips don't even close. And I'm just controlling the airflow with my diaphragm. Um, just kind of all those things, just experimenting more or less until you find the sweet spot on a given call and then you'll then you'll know how to get better with that particular call. The biggest thing that I remember learning from you really not even that long ago, I think it was 2018, we were sitting in Mississippi at the picnic table and you were telling me like I'm close to not wasting air, but I'm still wasting air and how I could find that was to find that high pitch and to like really learn how to hit that high pitch and not waste air and by wasting air essentially making a sound through the call like you're pushing air and not making call sounds with it right you're calling through the call and you've got air coming out of your mouth and it's not making sound mm-hmm. yeah you want to the more efficient you can get with that air to where even the slightest you know breath coming up out of there will flutter those reeds and make a sound you're going to start noticing that it takes very little air pressure to cluck, to yelp, to kiki, to cut. And when you get efficient with your air and start breathing through your nose, like as you're calling, you start realizing that you you can do a, 
a hell of a lot with a mouth call really you can make Mm -hmm. a lot of different turkey sounds with it yeah i feel like i can do the most with you've gotten way better at mouth calling than just the last three years and just like sounding way more realistic i spent just a whole bunch more time though practicing and i think that's the biggest thing is like what inspired me too is i mean i'd been hunting with you in 2018 now for a couple seasons two or three seasons i guess turkey and i knew that like you were a whole step above me and then i was watching like dave owens and shane simpson and those guys are just like really good at calling too and i'm like man like i'm just I'm just a step behind this, and certainly it's got to play some factor into how many turkeys I'm getting in range because there's that always that certain level of like, oh, I mean, that's pretty dang convincing, <laughs> or eh, I'm not really sure, you know. And I think I was at the I'm not really sure point, but just knew how to get in position, and then when I started being a better caller, it just made things that much better, I think. Well, I think it helps your confidence, too. The more that you practice, the more you look the live turkey calling when you get in a, that real scenario like when you're doing battle with him you you just have more confidence that you make those sounds mm-hmm. you know, at the necessary moment because i think that's the thing i used to fight with all the time when i was younger is i would get a bird really close and i would be worried i'd be like i wouldn't have i i wouldn't believe in my calling enough to make a sound yeah i would sit there and freeze up you know, or I would try to get my slate call out because I got more confidence in it, and then I'd be moving around, fumbling around too much. But after, as you as you practice more and more and more, and get super comfortable with that, it just becomes automatic. Mm-hmm. Like those guys on at the Grand Nationals, Dave, when they go out on that stage, they have run a call so many times at that point that they just toss one in, and it's like automatic. But yeah, it's they, like autopilot for sure. Because it's like if it's not autopilot, then they're gonna choke yeah. up. Yeah, and that goes with, you know, in a lesser extent in the woods. That's why you practice, and that's why everybody at NWTF convention, you know, is yelping on calls and everything because they're getting fired up about turkey season. And the more the more that you practice beforehand and then get in the woods and actually put those, you know, get in those scenarios, the better off you're going to end up being in the long run. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. All right, well, last question. What, yep. what is the, you said out west and out east, but is there a state that you're most excited about hunting this year? Hmm. Dang. I don't know, man. We get asked that all the time, and it's so hard to figure out. Probably, I mean, I would, probably pretty fired up about going to North Carolina, honestly. Yeah. Like, that's probably the one out of all of them that I'm just excited just to go and be there. Yeah. Maybe get to hunt with Curl for a few days. Mm-hmm. That'd be because uh, I've never hunted in there in that state. And, you know, my dad lived there for a couple years before I was born. I didn't know that. Hart Jr. lives out there, too. Who does? Dale Earnhardt Jr. lives out there. <laughs> so I listen to the Dale Jr. podcast all the time. So he's out there in North Carolina making, you know, content and whatnot. But, yeah, I'm fired up about North Carolina. Sweet, yeah. I would say I am too. But like you said, at the same time, it's it's always hard to pick. Like at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, I'm excited about every new situation. And even states that we've been to before will be in new areas on all of them. So it's that's exciting in itself. So I love coming back home. Yeah. And 
hunting down the road from the house. Yeah. Like so much fun every year. We killed all those turkeys in one day last year. It uh-huh. was just insane. And we're only there for like three days. Yeah. Because we're just traveling all spring. But it's like, man, we just hit it perfect. We got a perfect weather day. Everybody wow. was in everybody was home we all went hunting and we just smashed them and that was just insane yeah so yeah Yeah. i I mean it's all good it's all fun it's exciting i'm ready to get out man i'm ready to be not in snow and be hunting so do next week (laughs) yeah one one more a lot of work in between now and then oh yeah all right man well thanks for the time and i'll be calling i'm gonna go ahead and call ted next All right, later, dude. All right, see ya. All right, next up, we're going to call Ted and see what he's looking forward to most going into the 2022 turkey season. Looking forward to most of the turkey season, let's say. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back down south and then heading east. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to, no, that's what I'm looking forward to most is hunting hills, I think. Yeah. Hunting more hills this year. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Like, I'm trying to think of where we were at last year, but just Virginia. To yeah, Virginia and Kentucky uh, hunting in those ridges. That was a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that this year. Yeah. I would say that's like probably my favorite terrain to hunt turkeys in. It's a little bit of, it's a little bit of comfort zone for me at this point because that's what, I did a lot in college and then have really never totally stopped every season. I get a little bit of it in, but it's, <laughs> but it's also just so fun that it's hard to not be excited to go do it because I just love being in the terrain, being able to move with them like that is pretty dang fun. Sure. Yeah, especially after we'll be hunting like uh, Mississippi will probably be pretty flat and then um, Illinois probably be pretty flat and then we'll get in some rugged hills and that'll be fun to run around on them mm-hmm. it's pretty weird how much different strategy changes too when you're hunting hills versus flat stuff you know when you're hunting flat stuff it's obviously a lot to do with um vegetation just what food source they want to be in less than just like where they want to be on the terrain to communicate you know and i think that that's the thing I like about the hills so much is when you start to break down like every situation that a Tom's gobbling in, you can kind of get a read as to what he may be doing just based off where he is on the topo map. You know, it's like if he's up high and he's gobbling a bunch, he's probably just alone up there trying to cast his gobble down. But if he's down low, not gobbling very much down in a big Creek bottom, it's like, well, you know, you probably play this one like he's got hens a little bit more than, you know, the one that's up top gobbling his butt off. Yeah, for sure. Especially if they, like like you said, if they fly down and then they just start gobbling and just going straight up a ridge or something, it's like, oh, yeah, this one's probably looking for looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. And so. then on the flip side, it's weird when, like, I remember that hunt – you and I had last year in Alabama, we were down along a big flat river bottom. The timber was super monotonous and like we're hearing these gobbles and we take off for them and then we hear a different gobble and we're like, well, is that the same turkey? And then it's like, you don't have any, we didn't have any, uh, reference as to 
where where we were where the turkeys were really at all and that's one of the challenges of, of flat ground turkey hunting in comparison where it's like sometimes you kind of get confused just because it all looks the same when it's flat there's nothing to base base that gobble off of and where you're at in relation to it and i remember being, <laughs> us being pretty fr- fr- flustered <laughs> that day <laughs> uh oh, shoot yeah that was a frustrating morning because we were just like we were so turned around you couldn't even tell if the gobble was in front of us or behind us and then there was multiple goblin and then we got to the river and it was like are they across the river or are they in this oxbow? <laughs> and then it's like, we're, and then and then we get then we get done with it all, and we're like, did we just walk through turkeys to try to get to a different turkey because we were being impatient? And it's just like, yeah, that that was that was a learning lesson for me for sure, and I definitely will be doing my best to put you know what I learned that day to use going into this season because yeah, that was a rough one just just from the standpoint of no idea what where we were even really going other than picking a direction and then at that point it's like well if there's multiple birds gobbling we may be running one over to get to what we hear the next time just because it was like let's keep going let's keep going let's keep going but yeah that was yeah. crazy i would i mean what do you what do you think you the main thing you do different there is just sit down and just try and really understand or pick one out that you're going after or what i think the biggest thing would just be in that situation use the river as your reference a little bit more because that's the only that's the only thing that is somewhat of a blockade i mean obviously what's that yeah it's like the only thing that's not moving it's yeah yeah and you can use that edge obviously a turkey can fly back and forth but as long as you've always got that river on one side of you and you're tight to it you kind of know okay this turkey is you know on this side of the river or that side of the river and then you know you can always use that as some sort of reference as to how far you've gone versus going through the middle of the monotonous timber it's kind of hard to get a gauge especially when you're not sure if he's 200 yards or 100 yards or 200 or 400 or whatever it may be at least if you've got that river then you can play it a little bit more patient especially as if you know turkeys are at least on your side of the river and i think that that's the one thing that would be, um, I would say, would be different as far as the strategy goes. And then the um, other thing would be just have a canoe with you as much as possible. <laughs> like that would certainly yeah, be more helpful versus sure. walking in, you know. For sure. Definitely having a way to get across the, the river. So is there any new gear that you're excited about trying out this year? Um, I actually don't think I have anything new this year. I've pretty much got the same stuff. I think I'm going to try and take less stuff along with me <laughs> this year. If anything, I'm going to have, I don't know. I, pre- I remember last year just having my vest just full of every possible thing. But <laughs> this year, I think I'm just going to take gun and shells and calls. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't, I can't think of anything else just try and minimize as much as i can i think yeah i got that new um night and hail vest last year uh-huh. and i mean i'm excited about using that again in general it's not necessarily new but what i love about that is it's it forces you to be 
minimal with your gear. Like you can't really put anything extra in it because there's just not a ton of room. And yeah, I mean, I keep it, try to keep it as simple as possible. Shells, you know, some camera batteries or whatever, mouth calls. And then I got one crystal call that I like to carry with. And then, you know, past that, it's like, you know, a little bit of food or something I'll carry, but you know, I don't even really like take carrying like a thermocell or anything like that. Cause what ends up happening is I don't even use the stuff and then I just have it. And it's like, I'm just getting bogged down and wore out from carrying all this junk. And I just, yeah, really keep trying to minimize as much as possible. The biggest thing that I like to carry though, water game changer. Yeah, for sure. I started, I got that bladder in my pack now and that definitely helps out a lot. One thing I am going to take, I think, is a range finder this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to carry a range finder with me, which I think you've been doing that, but I have not. In flat ground or out in the out west somewhere, I mean, it seems like all the time we're like, how far do you think that is? How far do you think that is? So if you can just, if you have time to pull out the range finder and hit it a couple spots, then I think that'd be helpful. Mm-hmm. Or even like a big open timber setting where you can see a long way it definitely can definitely help you make a because sometimes you're looking down the gun barrel and i know from like the cameraman perspective if if the guy that's shooting is asking you sometimes it's like well i can't i can't tell because it's like that's the funny thing it's like i I don't know you're the one up there (laughs) how the hell am i supposed to know what the range is (laughs) yeah it's like you're looking through the three inch lcd screen like that's that's always so hilarious is like i the way i hold the camera too i put that screen super close to my face so like I'll be trying to look at it from two, you know, three inches away from my face. It's three inches wide or whatever it is, and then and then I'll be trying to look over top of that for like a real life perspective. And it's like, well, I can't tell if he's twenty or if he's sixty three at this point. You know. <laughs> but, so, are there any new strategies or different strategies? Like it can be calling or the way you want to set up or anything um, going into this season that you're um, looking forward to trying, I suppose. I think, I think one thing maybe that I've been thinking about is like last year we went with Shane Simpson right at the end of the season and he was, I mean, we were getting under these birds like way, way before light. Mm-hmm. And he called to him a lot before they even flew down like just called to them way more than i ever have on the roost i guess i mean usually i try and call to him on the roost but not as much as he was and i think maybe that's something that i want to try and do more is just get a little more aggressive calling at them in the right situation when you're right under them in the in the morning mm-hmm. and see see how much of a difference that makes i guess yeah I think that's a cool idea. I mean, I always have wanted to be a little bit better at roosting a turkey and getting underneath of them in general. Like, that's just something I kind of lack, I'd say, is, you know, really good under under them. And like, at first light, I, I generally am playing it pretty safe. I don't always do a yeah. very good job because I think that it's just a 
a lack of confidence to be able to get in there quietly enough, but it's always fun when you do try it and you go for it. And a lot of times it works. So it's like just being right. a little more confident in that situation, I think. And, and hunting I, with somebody that did it probably is pretty helpful for you. Yeah. Well, and I was watching like a, I was watching Dave Owens not that long ago. I mean, just a couple of days ago and he was, he got on his turkey out West and he, wasn't even under him before light but it was right before they flew down probably and he was just kind of working in on him and then he got to where he wanted to set up and he just did this really realistic fly down Mm -hmm. and then really light calling and it just sounded sounded exactly like a turkey obviously dave's really good caller but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just think why would that thing not come in if he, was, <laughs> yeah. if he heard that? Because it sounds exactly like a turkey flying down. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that would be fun to try more aggressively right off the bat in the morning, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I think that, that uh, like playing off the calling a little bit, like that fly down, I feel like this season – going into the season i'm way ahead of what i usually am on my cutting i've just been really working on getting a bunch of really quick and just being able to do that have the confidence to do that might be able to help me in some situations and make a fly down or a fly up or whatever and just try to do something a little bit different and in general as far as calling strategy goes just being able to like cut right back to them i always do like a a cluck like a pretty aggressive cluck but it's more of like a but now i feel like i can and it's just like yeah i mean it honestly just feels so much more realistic and i already felt like i was you know improving my calling by adding the cluck but then the fact that i can make it more of like a a fast paced cut is kind of exciting so yeah just getting aggressive so many little so many little very variances in their in their uh yelping Mm -hmm. like that you can mimic like dave was also doing this right off the bat in the morning he was you know usually it's like a raspy yelp but he was doing these one tone yelps for a long time in the morning. And then he changed it to more of a full, full on uh, raspy yelp during the middle part of the day. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, just little things like that are interesting, I guess, and make things more realistic. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with just what the situation is, the time of the year, you know, like I think back, on one particular hunt that you and I had together quite a bit. Um, so many lessons learned in this particular hunt, but it was when we were in Mississippi two seasons ago and Uh we had that real, like real crazy day where we hung with that group of turkeys from first, you know, we were under them pretty dang close to them in the dark. And then Uh we, you ended up missing the one later, but we were, Sorry to open up a, you know, put salt in a wound on that one, but, (laughs) (laughs) but we, we were under those, we weren't right under them, but we were pretty dang close to them in the dark and they flew down just out of sight. But I do remember before they flew down, the only thing that they did 
as far as like communication goes was there was a hand up in the tree just going just like one tone real flat real light and it was like they were kind of just moving around up in the tree trying to get you know kind of waking up and then they flew down and then from there on it was only drumming and the only time they gobbled that whole morning was um when i'm pretty sure when the wind like broke a tree and they like shot gobbled to that do you remember that yeah i do and i think that was like the only gobble uh, we were just following the drumming mm-hmm. mostly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so situational, you know, of how you would call because in a different situation, like, uh, last year when I was hunting in Kentucky and Ohio, both the weather was perfect. I mean, same thing with like you guys in Iowa, like weather was perfect, sunny day, perfect temperature. Turkeys are just like cruising, moving, gobbling a bunch communicating a bunch and in that situation it's like i'll just rip the call you know i'll just let loose like no no holding back whatsoever but on a different day in mississippi where turkeys are a little more flocked up and they're not talking much i'm definitely going to try to mimic that it's like um it's like with fishing they say match the hatch it's like with turkey calling match the <laughs> match the match the mood <laughs> yeah yeah for sure <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, we need to figure out how to how to make a drumming the drumming sound. Uh huh. Have you watched the uh, Have you watched the video where Keith crawled up on the turkey and shot him in the last minute yet? Have you seen that one? I didn't see that one, but I did see the the one your you guys is Wyoming devil. Yeah. Just now watch watch that. One. Watch go back and watch that Ohio one. And Keith, Keith crawls up to the turkey. He's the turkey's strutting with hens and would just would not break. Like one of those deals. I don't think it would have mattered if you called a bunch a little. If you were a real hen, I don't think that Tom was leaving the other hens. And Keith crawled in close and was trying to get the turkey to kind of come back towards him just a few steps to get a shot. <laughs> and he throws him a, a spit and drum, and it's so hilarious. <laughs> I just, I just like thought it was so funny, and I have his wireless rolling, and he crawls up even though he's far enough away that I couldn't really hear him do it. I couldn't really hear his voice do it, but in that uh-huh. in that wireless, you can hear it, and it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so, does the turkey react to it? Um, I, you know, it's so hard to say because he wasn't wasn't really reacting to anything at that point. He was like. I mean, he was honestly about as drunk on on chasing hens as I've ever seen. He was spinning. He's out, str- there, tom- he's out there tomcatting around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was, I mean, it was one of those deals where it was like, this is actually kind of weird. I'm not even sure that this thing is even going to run if he sees us. Like, it was pretty weird how, how like, rutted up, if you will, he was. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so, what uh, what's the state that you're looking forward to most going into this season? Mm, probably, I'm I'm looking forward to North Carolina for sure, and I'm looking forward to going back to Mississippi for a while, mm-hmm. and then wherever we end up out east, I don't I don't really know. Because we don't, we don't really know where we're going for sure yet, I guess. But 
Mississippi and North Carolina for sure I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about, like I was just saying with Warb, it's like it's hard to pick one, but, you know, I'm always excited about those eastern hills and and then what's exciting about being out west later in the season is just something completely different. Like it's so hunting in the western states is just so different, but I do love the do love those hills so anywhere in the hills i'm i'm having i'm having my best time <laughs> yeah for sure i think it'll be i think like mississippi and north carolina are gonna be tough but they'll be they'll be a good time i think i mean they'll just be challenging like usual but once we figure it out it'll be fun yep i agree all right man well hey thanks for your time and uh have a good rest of your day Yep, me too. All right, see you, dude. Yeah. All right, next up, we got Hayden on the line. Am I the last one on the list? No, I got Greg yet. Greg didn't. Greg didn't respond. Oh so, yeah. So I'm just gonna have to cold call Greg. See see what he's got. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be interested in an interview about turkeys? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Greg Clements. This is Zach Farnball calling to let you know that I've got an awesome offer to talk turkeys on the hunting public podcast <laughs> now at only 15 minutes of your time <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to most this turkey season oh i would say um i just found out last week that i drew a tag for a uh, management area in minnesota that i hunted a lot in college mm-hmm. um so i'm looking forward to getting back there because that's actually where i first taught myself how to turkey hunt and i never never ended up killing a bird on that management area because well, i was a new turkey hunter and i started trying to bow hunt them just so i could be out in the woods more so i had some close calls but never never had success oh no that's not true actually i came back after college and i ended up shooting one bird out there but regardless it's just a place that's pretty special to me and i'm looking forward to getting back out there and doing doing some more turkey hunting Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. In Minnesota, you were able to maximize your time, like you said, by bow hunting because every, I think every year the seasons maybe are changed a little bit, but wasn't it that when you were in college, you could buy an archery tag and that would allow you to hunt like all the, the time frames or something, like all the seasons? Yeah. Yep. And that's how it still is. Um, they've done, they've changed their seasons a little bit uh, in recent years, but yeah, you're right. It's, uh, similar stuff to Wisconsin where there's, I think six or seven different seasons. Um, but the archery tag, you can hunt during all the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first two or three years that I ever turkey hunted, I decided to go after him with a bow just so I could spend more time in the woods and, and learn more about it, which definitely helped a lot. Um, I think, I'm not sure if you could buy a separate tag for each season. Um, or if you're limited to only one of the, the shotgun seasons, but um, either way, I decided to just go with a bow and just learn as much as I could about turkeys. Yep. It's a good way to do it. Cause they're definitely a lot harder to get with the, t- with the bow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found that out. And I, I think that's one thing I, I definitely want to, I haven't tried to bow hunt them again since then. I've only shotgun hunted them. I think that's one thing I'd like to potentially try this year. Um, not in Minnesota since I drew that tag, obviously, but in another state, potentially Wisconsin or one of the other states we hit out east might bring my bow along with me and 
try to do that again now that I've learned a little bit more about them and not a, a newbie. Yeah, I think it would. I think it would definitely make for some cool. Um, just change of pace. I think at some point I'd probably try to get. Or I guess I've never really tried it, and I don't know. I there's there's reasons that I would try it, and then there's other reasons that I wouldn't. One main reason is I'm just I am just a little afraid of how small that kill zone is, and it's like seems like such a stressful situation to hit one and not quite hit the vitals and then have to you know try to get them and follow it up and that that would just be real stressful and that's the only that's really the main reason why i haven't done it is like i don't necessarily know that in the moment i could hold it together enough to hit that small kill zone <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like, for sure i think I, the way we, that a lot of us hunt too isn't really conducive to bow hunting them because like pretty much all the bow hunting kills you see are people sitting in a blind over a decoy and just the way we hunt, it's a lot harder to get away with that movement having to draw your bow. I mm-hmm. think the only other person I've seen hunt that way is like Shane. I've Shane Simpson. I've seen like try to hunt with a longbow in the woods, but mm-hmm. um, it'd just be a challenge to be able to get drawn back. But I think there's definitely been scenarios where like I was hunting with a shotgun and thought to myself, I think I could have got it done with a bow in that scenario. You just have to draw before they can see you, or they're behind a big tree. Like you just got to. It'd be a lot more careful with it for sure. Yeah. I think if I was going to do it, I would probably set my bow up a super light poundage and just try to draw and then not move until I see him. Like basically draw with the turkey plenty out of sight and then just kind of be ready for that, that final moment when you finally do get that opportunity. But I don't know that I'm ready yet, but I think at some point I'll try it for, I'd say for sure I'll try it at some point in my life, but yeah for sure it'd be fun um what is is there any new gear that you're excited about trying out this year that you haven't used in the past um the the main thing is i'm getting a new shotgun this year um so i'm I'm looking forward to not having any drive misfires on (laughs) on turkeys this year so that's really the big thing um the shotgun that i've been using in the past has just been borrowed from my my dad so i get to give that one back to him and then get a shotgun of my own to to use out there that'll that'll function well so i'm getting a, a mossberg 940 so nice. um looking forward to to trying that thing out yeah that'll be new new shotgun is always exciting yeah for sure anything else that you're looking forward to using um not really i don't really use a ton of gear i'm pretty pretty minimalistic i got a new pot call from woodhaven um that i've in the past have only ran diaphragm calls so mm. i've got a pot call now that i can try to reach out and touch him a little further with some more noise and try to um use that a little bit but other than that i mean it's just i carry around food and water and a call or two and my shotgun that's about it so yeah you're gonna I'm, like i like th- to keep it pretty minimalistic with gear when yeah. it comes to turkey hunting for sure you're gonna like that um call though that you got to be able to be a little bit louder like the thing that um i was doing last year that i wasn't doing two years ago is i was spending a lot more time just being patient in a place where i could cast a call a really long way especially in hill country and Mm -hmm. would just sit there and just hammer on that thing and i mean it's it's situational like i was just talking to ted about 
you know, in a situation where turkeys are kind of hen, hend up and, you know, they're a little more flocked up early in the season, they're not talking as much. I'm not going to spend as much time ripping a call, but when you kind of meet, meet up in the, the middle of the, or the middle of the season when everything starts getting fired up and turkeys start splitting up and they start cruising a little bit more looking for hens, you know, you start casting that call out and get really loud. Sometimes it can get one fired up that maybe otherwise wouldn't have even heard you. And I think that, yeah, like last year, that's just something that I was not doing really, or I'm sorry, two seasons ago, I wasn't doing it nearly as much as what I did last year. And it definitely got me in some good situations just by being a little bit more patient and being louder. Yeah, I definitely think there's uh, some scenarios where that would be a lot more effective than using a diaphragm or like, I guess my strategy in the past, I I tend to not blind call very much at all because I just don't want to give away my position to that bird or influence what that bird's doing before I, I hear it. So I, I usually resort to just owl hooting or just listening for them to walk or try to get like have them gobble on their own and then only make like really light calling when I just get as close as I can to them. It's kind of the strategy that I've run in the past, but um, I think there's definitely scenarios where having a crystal or some sort of pot call that you can hear where one's at from a long ways away, especially in like hill country or that different topography that you're talking about. Like there's, there's definitely ways you can use that to your advantage. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to learn a little bit more about that and then um, just increasing my tactics a little bit there. Yeah, as far as, like, strategy goes, I mean, is there anything, like, real specific that you're like, I'm going to try more of this this year? Um, not really. Um, I guess just trying to reach out with the pot call a little bit more, but, like, in general, my strategy, I, I like the strategy that I go about, which is just trying to hear one, like I said, just get as close as I can to it before calling and then just really... I don't like to call very much at all. I like, I like to just hear where they're at and get as close to them as I can and then just let some soft yelps and some scratching and just have them work in from there. But um, I guess I've been working on my calling more and more, so I think trying to incorporate more calling into the strategy is something I'll continue to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, that, that has been pretty effective for me as far as just trying to be really minimal in the amount of calling I do. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I'd say probably just try to increase the the frequency of which I call and uh, in certain situations, obviously, I think I'm still going to try to resort to getting as close as I can to them in a lot of scenarios. But I think I've improved my calling a little bit where I can try to work that a, a little bit more in the strategy. Nice. Um, yeah, I think like playing off the the calling strategy, one thing that I want to try to do a little bit more is set myself up in a little bit better situations to see the turkey longer and a little less like oh there he is there he goes or there he is boom i shoot him try to give it and there's not a lot of room for changing that necessarily but just play around a little bit with setups like you know okay i'm going to set up 45 yards from um, you know, where he'll be able to come to see me, let's try to get him to there and then see if we can get him to actually put, you know, his full body across that threshold to get into that break into that 30 yards. That way it gets a little bit better opportunity for 
the cameraman to roll footage on him. But with that being said, it's like it's still turkey hunting and it's it's still like yeah as soon as he pops up and he gives you the chance you know some situations you're gonna only gonna be able to you know see him once he's at 15 yards and i i feel like that's something looking back on the footage from past years i'm always like man why didn't i give myself a little bit more room but it's just kind of the way it works out and when you don't use decoys that's always kind of the, the trick is finding a place where you can call to them and make them have to come look for you and sometimes that's, you know, 33 yards. And sometimes that's, you know, nine yards before, yeah. before. And it's, it's just this, it's a strategy, uh, that's taught me a lot about just calling animals in general. And I, I love just trying to learn more about it and continue to become better at, you know, making them come look. Yeah. I think that like not having that decoy that you talked about makes it so much tougher because they get to a point where they can see 100, 150 yards towards the direction that they hear that call's coming from and they, they don't see anything and they're not going to, they're going to hang up like you see them do so many times that they can see where you're at, but can't see a hen. So using, not using a decoy makes it a lot tougher, but um, I like trying to find setups where it may potentially work where you can see the bird coming from a longer distance. Um, I'd like to, like last year I took my girlfriend Allie out a few times and that that was a consistent problem where we'd set up like like I said get as close as we could to them and then maybe set up just on the other side of a rise that they're on and then as soon as they they pop over they look for three to five seconds and then they're out of there when they don't see anything so I think like with her not having ever killed the turkey before and like new hunters in general like that short small amount of time to react and, and make a decision it, it's a lot tougher when when mm-hmm. it's that that narrow so like trying to improve the calling to get them to um to work in when you can see them coming for a longer distance and, and have longer to make that decision would definitely be a lot a lot more beneficial with newer hunters for yeah. sure so i think that that was something that seemed to come up a lot last year so yeah i hunted with um jacob Jacob Teal, who is a yep. buddy yep. of um, Keith's that is now my buddy, but we were we were kind of going through some of those learning curves as well last year in Ohio where it's like they pop up and they're just right there, but they just don't give you a whole lot of time. And it's, it's a stressful situation as a new hunter. And I mean, even as an experienced hunter, it's, that's the most stressful part of the hunt. And I think that like moving forward this year, anytime I find myself with someone with less experience just really trying to paint that picture and keep the expectation realistic too where it's like don't be disappointed if it doesn't play out because we are trying to do something that's teaching us more about you know being effective at moving with animals and range in general like the whole purpose for me is I really enjoy that added challenge of making one come in looking and two it ultimately makes me better in the moment for every hunting situation like without turkey hunting without decoys making them come look has honestly been one of the best things to do to overall improve my skill set as like in the moment type situation i guess does that that make sense yeah you just overall woodsmanship and uh, like you said ability to move while you're close to an animal like it's Mm -hmm. It makes it a lot, a lot easier to translate to all species that you hunt. The more you do it, and 
having a not having a decoy like changes the game completely. It's way different over having a decoy, and then as soon as they see that, they, it's like a natural reaction that they commit to. But it's well, way different when you don't use a decoy. And I think when you're hunting with somebody that's newer to it, like really making sure that that's um, part of the expectation is. Like it's going to be hard mm-hmm. and there's probably a really good chance they're going to bust you and be gone. And you're going you know, to just wish like, Oh, I wish I would have been faster, but that's, that's how you learn. That's how you really get that experience. And I think that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to, to hunt with new, new hunters for sure. But yeah. Yeah. And it's important to, to tell, like, make sure they know that if you weren't comfortable, then don't take the shot. Like right. it's better to, to not take the shot and, let them let them get away and then to take a shot you're unsure of and then wound them or miss and like, then you just feel worse after that so yeah, it only sure. comes with the, it comes with experience knowing when the right time to to pull the trigger is and how to be ready and to have your gun pointed in the right direction like there's a lot of ins and outs to it that you can only get with experience so like you said just keeping that positive attitude with new hunters and setting those expectations is pretty important Definitely. So what is the state that you're most excited about headed to heading to this season? Um, since I already talked about Minnesota, I think the other one on the list that I'm excited about is Ohio. Um, after being out there for muzzleloader season and getting to see a little bit of, of the, the land out there, I think it'd be a, a real fun place to chase turkeys. So that and the, the entire eastern eastern leg of the tour I'm looking forward to, but probably Ohio the most. Sweet. Yeah, I'm, man, I'm just, ooh, just so excited for that, like, late April, mid to late April time frame where you start getting yourself up in the, where everything's starting to get a little bit of green in it. Like, that's honestly my mm-hmm. favorite time, probably of the year, just because the weather is so sweet, and I always yeah love being out east for that time frame, so pretty stoked for that as well. It's a fun time to be in the woods. Definitely. All right, man. Well, hey, I'll let you get back to what you're doing. Thanks for taking a little bit of time, and uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Cool. Thanks, man. Talk to you later. Yep. See you, dude. All right. Next up, we got Greg on the line. Greg, what are you looking forward to most this season? Oh, boy. I keep talking about and keep thinking about doing a backpack turkey hunt. Mm-hmm. Now it may not be may not be early in the season, but maybe when we do our our western leg of the tour, mm-hmm. I would really love to go backpacking for two or three days and just get way back in somewhere and you know just take everything on on your back and camp and try to hunt turkeys that way. It'd be sweet, yeah. That sweet. I keep talking about it, keep thinking about it, haven't done it yet, but that would that would probably be the number one thing that I would like to do this year. That's that's a sweet idea. I. I keep thinking I want to do that too for turkey or deer, either one, because I've gotten really into it, um, elk hunting, but it's like, I don't see why you couldn't do it with turkey and probably put yourself into a better position, especially if you had to walk a long way, which we often find ourselves doing to get to where a turkey's roosted, you know, save you some walking in the morning. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of felt that last year when we were out West that there were some situations where you could do that. I mean, it may not be entirely necessary, but it would be fun. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's something that Mindy and I want to get more into. And, you know, we're, we're planning to go backpack in Rocky mountain national park in July. So I think it'd be fun to do like a little, 
you know, test trip sometime in turkey season, you know, mm-hmm. for a couple of days or something like that. So that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I love living off my back probably is my favorite way to live. So <laughs> I'm exactly. <in>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any new strategies or things that you think you might do a little bit different this season? Like it can be pretty broad, but, um, um, you know, yeah. I I really enjoyed. I had a couple hunts last year where I, I wasn't using a decoy. Mm-hmm. Called birds in, especially in Iowa, the bird we called in. Um, you know, a lot of times if you're using a decoy, once they see it, it's usually a pretty fast march into the decoy, and you know, and it's over. You don't get as much of the gobbling and the strutting and the drumming. Whereas, you know, without a decoy, a lot of times that you know they come in a little bit slower. And, and you get to see those behaviors. And last year I had a couple of hunts like that where I, I didn't have a decoy and, uh, you know, had, had those encounters where the birds came in gobbling, they came in slower. You could, you get to, got to hear them spitting and drumming and it just, it built more, uh, excitement and tension, you know, waiting for them to finally close the distance and, and get within range, but getting to watch all that behavior as they're coming in made for some really, really exciting hunts. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing I'd like to do more. I have absolutely nothing against decoys. You know, I'm still going to, you know, use them mm-hmm. when the, when the situation's right, but also, you know, when the you know, switch situation is, is right. Or, um, you know, in some cases like in Alabama, I guess you can't use them in the first 10 to the 10 days of the season from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So there may just be situations where, yeah, not going to use a decoy and, and, you know, going to hopefully enjoy having those, you know, a little bit more drawn out encounters for the birds come in, you know, doing their thing a little bit more yeah Hayden and I were just talking about that too it's like such a fun way to hunt it's it's become the the way that I always choose to do it just because I think it gives you such a in the moment um, experience too that helps you in so many different aspects of hunting like I really think that a lot of um, like deer hunting ground hunting situations I guess I've learned how to, you know, be more, um, effective in the moment because of those turkey hunts without the decoys, you kind of get better at knowing when you can move and, uh, yeah. you know, how to kind of set up to call something in where it has to come looking for you, which translates great right back into other types of hunting like deer hunting or elk hunting. And that's, that's, yeah. So fun to me is just that anticipation of them coming looking it just adds a whole element of like fear to it that now i'm gonna i'm gonna blow it something's gonna go wrong and i like that yeah yeah so yeah that's definitely something i want to do more of and you know there's there's times where a decoy makes sense maybe in a wide open field or something like that or Mm -hmm. you know self-filming sometimes it's just it makes it easier to have that focal point to where you can you know they're you know where they're hopefully coming to and you can get away with a little bit better footage and knowing where the shot is probably going to be but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's fun whichever way you decide to do it yep so what uh is some gear that you're excited about using this year that maybe is new oh boy um i haven't even hardly got my turkey hunting gear yet we've been so busy with traveling and and getting work done so we can actually go turkey hunting i think the one thing that i'm i'm looking at right now that i would like to try is a little bit better 
fitting turkey vest, a uh, more compact, tighter fitting vest. Uh, whereas I've, I've used, uh, I think it's an Alps brand. Like it's a good vest, but it just mm-hmm. doesn't fit me. Well. And I'm looking for something a little bit leaner, a little bit lighter that fits better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly, actually, I was going to ask you about what vest you use because mm-hmm. it seems like you guys have it pretty well dialed in. Yeah. I bought in the middle of the season last year i bought the night and hail run and gun 200 or three or it's either 200 or 300 i guess it might okay. also it might also be 2000 i don't i don't really know but but it's the it's the night and hail run and gun and what sold me on it was um i'd been interested in getting a smaller vest because i had actually quit using a vest and had been using that badlands pack that Right. I used kind of for deer and turkey for a while, and then um, I was hunting in Georgia with Giannis, and he had that night and hail vest, and I put it on and started crawling around at the campground, and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, like this is it. Just because how tight it stays to your body compared yep. to like a bigger bulky vest can get hung up on stuff. and Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's relative, too. Like I don't necessarily think it's for – every person's style but for my style it definitely works really well and i'm excited to just have that thing in general is is exciting and then um the other thing that i started using a couple of years ago is just a leafy suit and i know you've been wearing leafy suits for turkey season for quite a while and like that's one of my favorite things now is just to yeah. to have that and have that extra confidence that i'm hidden and it's funny because i was looking at some pictures and comparing like people that are wearing leafy suits to people that aren't wearing leafy suits and that hard line man makes a big big difference and i got a i got a different colored leafy suit for like early season this year too to kind of mix it up and have one for later season one for early season and those are a couple things i'm pretty excited about just i love that i love that hide man that's so fun just trying to hide from them yeah yeah same here uh it's one of those things that I guess I wouldn't say it's intangible. Like you said, you can look back at, at pictures or footage and see the difference between a leafy suit versus, you know, a non-leafy suit and see those harder edges. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. Like, I don't know how you quantify it, but I feel more confident wearing one. Like I feel like your ability to hide is enhanced by breaking up your outline. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've, I'm the same way. I've got a, like a more brown one for the early season and then more green for the later season. And I, Yeah. 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 So what, uh, state are you looking forward to hunting the most this year? Oh, let's see. I, oh, I mean, gosh, all of them are fun. I would say Illinois, that's going to be a brand new state. Uh, Aaron and I drew tags for that mm-hmm. and, uh, we deer hunted there, never turkey hunted there. I don't know that any of us have, Mm-mm. so that's going to be kind of a brand new experience. And then also, uh, you know, whatever Western states we hit up this year are going to be new for me, whether it be, you know, Utah or Idaho or whatever it may be. Always looking forward to those states. Yeah. 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 At the end of the day, like pretty much everybody says, it's like, it's all just fun to go be in a different situation. Or even at that, it's like always fun to go back and hunt kind of back home or with buddies or family back home. So it's all, it's all good no matter where we're at. So really. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will say, um, you know, some of the eastern states, too, I don't know that we fully decided on them, but, uh, you know, the, the southern Appalachians, you know, whatever, wherever we end up hunting in that kind of terrain, I'm looking forward to that as well, because I, I've never really hunted those areas. I know you guys have, uh, in the past couple of years, hunted some of more of that mountainous region out east, and it, it looks incredible out there. So mm-hmm. I guess I would say I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to love it. I know you will. all right man well that's all i got for you thanks for taking the time and we'll see you we'll see you soon headed to the turkey tour yep (laughs) in a week yeah oh man got so much to get done before then so for sure all right man well get back to it we'll talk soon all right see you see you